Good morning, everyone. In fact, good day. This is Donald Leroy Brown Jr. Coming to you from Survivor's Hype, Macomb, Mississippi. The events that I will be talking to you all about today are true to the best of my knowledge. I'm going to talk about death and tragedy as a toddler. On Tuesday, October the 4th, 1988, Angela Lee Brown, my sister, was killed by a mailman right in front of me. These events that followed after led to a path that I never knew I was going to take. And now here I am, 34 years old, and it's still a very big part of me. This segment is very sensitive, but I'm going to push through it. Experiencing that tragedy, I was only two years old going on three, and Angela was three going on four. I don't remember whether or not I was at the funeral. All I do remember is the incident and how it made me feel to try to go to sleep. Waking up wondering where she at. And I remember talking to my therapist and talking to the people at mental health in the earlier part of my mental health. Wondering what happened, why it happened, how could I have done anything any different, and how it felt every time somebody left out that door, or left without me, or we went somewhere. As a toddler, I thought we was going to get Angela, or somebody was going to walk back through the door with her. It took me days that passed, weeks that passed, months that passed, and I finally realized the depth of what happened. I remember arguments. I remember babysitters. I remember silence. I remember going into this really dark place that a two-year-old doesn't need to go to. But that's what happened. I remember being dismissive of people. I remember shutting down. I remember not wanting to play. I remember being bullied. I even remember Miss Steptoe, Miss Tillman, Miss Waters. I remember so many people. So my mother ended up putting me in mental health. And mental health had become a solid foundation for me to be able to express myself because as far as I was concerned it was everybody's fault that was in it was a sad thing it was a maddening thing it was an anger and depressing thing the darkest experience for me to have at that time being so young Having to open up 
having to have people tell me why or why from what they thought. Getting their perspectives. Seeing time move so slow. Wondering when it was going to be over. Wondering when I was going to see her again. Seeing people move on made me so angry. It touched me in a way that I didn't need to be touched. It tugged at my soul in a way that I didn't even know that it could be tugged because being so young, I should just be wanting to play and learn, right? Oh, man, it didn't go that way for me. Not right off. I remember nightmares. Daymares. Visions. Daydreaming. Wondering. Screaming. Crying. Fighting. Being frustrated. Not knowing what to even do with my own existence. Because for some reason... I remember my second, um, the second person that had me after Miss Steptoe, I remember telling them that I thought that if we weren't outside playing, it wouldn't have happened, you know? I remember being alone. That's my alarm, y'all. It's time for me to make a move. Please excuse that sound. But anyway. People, listen to me well. Please, please, please listen to me well. Mental health is not a bad thing. I used to think it because going through school and people seeing me leave for a certain period and not go with them and go with these certain groups of people to a different room, people was calling me retarded, calling me slow, calling me dumb, when they didn't even know I was fighting for my existence. I was fighting to be validated again. I was fighting for a chance to live past the pain and the disappointment that no one could bring me my sister back. Oh, I was pushed on, spit on, beat on, slapped on. Before my sisters went on with their lives and disappeared and did the things that they wanted to do. I remember them beating up many people. Especially when we moved to the projects. Because for some reason, there are a lot of people who thought it was just funny. Thought that the death of my sister was funny. Some of those people are my classmates today that graduated with me in class of 2005. But I've been forgave them. You know, I was always that outcast class member. I was always that retard. I was always that mental health boy. That nerd. That quiet boy. That depressed boy. But I rose so far above it. In fact, I ain't even going to use the word rise. I skyrocketed. I transcended. 
I reached, I grabbed, I pulled, I pushed, I jumped, I ran. I catapulted myself with the help of so many people. With the help of music, with the help of art, with the help of dance, with the help of tears, with the help of me facing my fears. I rose above all that. If y'all have children that lose somebody in y'all family and they witness it, they notice it and you see that change, do not be dismissive of it. Make sure you do this. First thing you got to do is let them know that it wasn't their fault. And if you do know who fault it is, even if it's somebody close, tell them. Don't keep it from them. Hiding it from them and leaving it for them to figure it out does nothing but create chaos. And creates a mindset that has nothing but destruction and self-destruction. And then you have to realize if y'all can't do nothing with that child, or if you can't do nothing with that child, and the people who were around that child when that tragedy happened, that does not mean give up. That means that that child is looking around and seeing that all the people in the household was not able to fix the problem. So yes, sometimes you need an outsource to intervene to break it down for them. Beating and slapping and choking and tying up and burning with cigarettes and all the other stuff that people do after tragedies makes no sense. If you can't afford mental health, then just get a relative who wasn't around to be a mediator to explain, hey, baby, it's okay. And it is not your fault, even if you was there or you witnessed it. Because that's how I felt. And there are a lot of children out there right now that feel that way. And all their parents want to do is make sure they go to school, come home, and don't even be in their face. That's not helping. You are putting more compound feelings and negativity on top of what's already there. Realize that, y'all. Right now, I'm going to end it. Just for now, but it's not the end. <sighs> Simply because I must go. Now I need y'all to remember. If you have not downloaded the Anchor app and started your podcast, go for it. You have nothing to fear. People going to criticize you. There are people that's going to criticize me. People going to be wondering... If any of the things I'm saying are true, or they may remember things a different way, who cares, man? I'm reaching out because somebody needs to know. Tyler, depression is real. Tragedies as a toddler doesn't mean, oh, just because they're young, they ain't going to remember nothing. You ever hear people say that? They ain't going to remember nothing anyway. It don't matter. They all right. That's, that's not the way. And that's not even true. Some things are suppressed way deep down and then a trigger will happen. Next thing you know, staring off in the space, silence, violence, anger, spazzing out. 
And you wondering what's going on because you never helped that child find closure when it was easy. You wait five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years later. Oh, it gets harder every year that you do not address it. Or allow someone else to address it. I'm telling y'all, hear me out. All of this was the first big step to my survivor's hype. I went through it for so long. And I'll leave y'all with that for now. Thank you for listening.